It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. All right. Welcome back, everybody. It's good to have you here. Before I forget, which I do 99% of the time, if you're if you are not a regular listener slash subscriber, please subscribe. And if you like what you hear today, hit the like button, share it. Let's uh, help out as many people as possible. By hitting the like button and sharing this, it just gives the algorithm, tells the algorithm that uh, the content is uh, good, I guess, and it, and it helps it helps us out. So it could cost you nothing, but it helps out the uh, – the show and the algorithm likes it, and that's really all I know. So definitely hit subscribe, hit the like button. Let's make magic happen. All right, today on the show, lawyer Francis Jackson. Francis Jackson is an attorney who specializes in disability, disability law for those seeking veterans' disability benefits as well as social security disability benefits, a founding partner of Jackson McNichol. He's been featured on NBC, CBS, ABC, and Fox network affiliates around the country. He most recently appeared as a guest of Ben Glass on the Consumer Advocate Show discussing benefits for veterans and Social Security disability benefits and how his practice allows him to make a difference in the lives of people facing disabilities. He has also been quoted in USA Today and is listed in Cambridge Who's Who, Mr. Jackson was honored by the National Academy of Bestselling Authors with a Quilly Award in September of 2012 for his contribution as a joint author to the Amazon bestselling book, Protect and Defend, where he wrote about protecting one's rights to veterans' disability compensation. Also, in 2017, Mr. Jackson was inducted into America's Most Trusted Lawyers for his outstanding work in disability law. For more information, please visit veteransbenefits.com. Francis Jackson, welcome back. Thanks, Bert. It's always a pleasure to have a chance to talk with you here. Absolutely. Here it is. The end of the year is just a couple of weeks away. It's just uh, amazing. It just blows me away. It's gone by so quick, even though at the same time we were stuck in this pandemic, what do you call it, mud. Uh, It seemed like things were exceptionally slow and all of a sudden here we are it's already the end of the year it just blows me away me too Bert. i i just don't know where the time goes these days <laughs> you know and uh i i just uh what do you call it um yeah i just i don't know where the time goes either and, and uh i was talking to you just a couple of seconds before the show about uh, hey are you ready for the holidays no but i expect to be and i think that uh, sums it up for a lot of people we're just like in shock and awe. What? Holidays already? Come on, man. Anyway, good to have you. I'm glad you're back. Um, the, uh, let me, uh, I want to bring something up here that I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, sure. Let's see. Um, I think COVID's on everybody's minds at this point. Yes. Definitely. Um, uh, what do you call it? Definitely COVID. So while, while I look this up, uh, why don't you give us an update uh, as far as um, what do you call it? Uh, what's going on with 
with, let's say, some of the uh, veterans' benefits uh, from last time you were on the show as far as, uh, yeah, as far as, let's start with COVID. So you mentioned that. Sure, sure. Um, well, the VA is doing a couple things. Um, they just, uh, like most hospitals, got their first doses of the vaccine, and so they're they're starting to uh, to uh, vaccinate some folks, uh, primarily healthcare workers. Uh, as you know, they're they're really the first people to get it because of their exposure. Um, so the VA has has started on that. But probably the the biggest thing, uh, the one that affects the most uh, of your listeners is that veterans who are behind on their mortgages because of uh, COVID-related hardships um, may be able to have their overdue loan payments, mortgage payments, covered by the uh, VA. The VA is proposing a a low-interest loan program. They just uh, published in the Federal Register, as as you know, the official uh, government uh, source of documents, um, they just published the uh, the proposed plan. They're seeking public comments through January 7th. But what it amounts to is that uh, thousands of veterans uh, have these VA home loans, and if they're behind on their payments because of COVID, they can ask the VA to provide the money to uh, protect them from uh, any sort of uh, problems with the mortgage. Um, and uh, what what's going on, as you know, with the CARES Act, the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act that we've all heard so much about, protects people against eviction and mortgage foreclosures, but that ends um, on December 31st at this point. So what the... Uh, uh, what the uh, VA is proposing to do is that any overdue mortgage payments that are owed to um, banks that have VA-backed mortgages over the last nine months, the veteran can borrow the money from the VA, pay those uh, mortgage debts off or the, the, the arrearages off, to be exact, and then uh, the borrower would have 10 years to repay any VA funds they have to borrow for this purpose. Um, They'd have a five-year delay before they have to start to pay it back, and they'd have uh, only a 1% interest rate on the the amounts they have to pay back. So it's it's intended to be a a pretty good deal for veterans that are hit by uh, the COVID-19 crisis in such a way that they're not able to afford their mortgages on these VA-backed to home loans, so it's uh, it's a good deal uh, to, yeah. uh, to, to to qualify. Veterans have to have been up to date on their loan payments as of March first, before the the you know crisis really hit. Um, they have to have asked for forbearance from their lender under uh, the CARES Act. Um, they have to uh, have enough income to resuming make making the monthly payments to their lender uh, eventually and have a, a uh, you know, a, a, a debt-to-income ratio that uh, fits within the guidelines. And the VA is estimating that uh, this could be anywhere from 50,000 or more uh, veterans, uh, possibly as much as uh, 
65 or 70,000 veterans that uh, would be entitled to help on this. So if any of your listeners are in this uh, pro- are facing this problem, uh, they need to pay close attention here. And the VA um, is, as I said, soliciting uh, comments through January 7th. They're obviously hoping to have the uh, program in place in time to start uh, making payments around February. So anybody that's in that box, they should be right in touch with the VA right quick and uh, try to make sure that they get in on this and and get the help they need. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It sounds like a smoking deal. Uh, and, And first of all, I want to say thank you to the, to the VA for doing that. And again, if you're a veteran and, and you want to take, uh, uh, what do you call it? Take um, action on this. I would definitely jump all over it. I mean, do they contact the VA for that? Yes. Yeah. They contact the VA and uh, the VA is, is uh, setting up the, the mechanics of this. So they should contact the VA first and find out exactly what steps they have to take to make it happen. I love it. I love it. All right. So uh, last time you were on the show, you talked about uh, past court decisions or court decisions that affect veterans, and I wanted to ask you, are there any new developments with that? There are. Um, You and I have talked about, in particular, the fact that there are lots of veterans out there who got um, bad conduct or undesirable or other bad paper discharges from the services because of mental health issues. And the uh, there are review boards for that, but the review boards haven't been particularly sympathetic to folks who had mental health issues that, that led to their, their discharges. So what uh, has been going on, there's been a, uh, a big lawsuit that's been managed by the Yale University Law School uh, Veterans Benefits Clinic. It's been going for about three years now, and they, they have finally come to a settlement with the uh, the Army Board of Review in which the Army Board of Review, well, the Army for the Board of Review, has agreed to review, again, any cases where people uh, asked for a discharge upgrade because they felt that their uh, bad conduct discharge was due to mental health issues, and the uh, the settlement, if it's approved by the court, and it appears that it will be, uh, would um, provide that the um, Board of Review has to uh, go ahead now and review all of those uh, cases again. And one of the things that's particularly uh, uh, important about this decision or the settlement is that it makes a provision for the board to allow a telephone hearing in every case. And I mention that because that's really a big deal. Typically, up until now, if you wanted a review by uh, any of the boards uh, and on an, an in-person basis where you could actually make a presentation to the board, you had to go to Washington and appear. Wow. So now uh, they're they're proposing to make this available nationwide by telephone, which really is a is a huge step for lots of veterans who couldn't possibly afford to travel to Washington or current certainly in the in the current time wouldn't couldn't safely travel to Washington. But this is a this is really a, a big deal, and it's a it's a bigger deal because it probably is going to mean 
that a similar settlement will be reached with the uh, Navy. Um, and as you know, the Navy Board handles both Navy and Marine discharges. So it's, it's, um, it's a big deal, and I'm very hopeful that it will mean that literally thousands of veterans get a chance to present their cases and hopefully get their discharges upgraded, make themselves available or eligible for benefits. So it's uh, it's really quite something. Um, the the Yale uh, Clinic has been helped out by a, a firm, uh, Jenner and Block, which is a uh, one of the big law firms in the world and one which has a an outstanding record for pro bono service, free free service for uh, folks who are in need. And uh, my my hats off to them for this. This they, these folks really did a nice job. Yeah, that's incredible. You know, it just blows me away that to think that they were making veterans physically travel to Washington, it just blows me away. Well, you know, it's all sort of historical precedent kind of stuff. You know, typically uh, in court cases, uh, you've always had to appear in person. The the courts have adapted to this whole COVID crisis with some fairly – for them, progressive uh, thinking about allowing people to appear over Zoom or by telephone and so on. But, you know, um, this all started out as a as personal appearance kind of stuff. And so that's that's why this is such a big deal that they're now going to allow this to be done by by phone. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, before we get off track of the uh, court related stuff, any new legislation that's that we should be looking out for? Uh, there is, Bert, and there's also one other court case that I wanted to mention. There's a, a recent decision at the Federal Circuit, which is um, a, a, a pretty narrow decision that's really probably only of interest to, uh, to mostly to lawyers, but it, it does have some important implications. Um, the, the court uh, had previously ruled that when the VA has – changes in the manual for how it processes these cases, which is uh, is mandatory for all the uh, the folks at the VA who, who are processing cases. Uh, when the VA makes a, a change in that, it couldn't be challenged the way regulations are challenged. But the court um, was persuaded to uh, to change course, to overrule their prior case, and to allow that. And, and that's, that's uh, I, I know that's kind of legal tech geeky sort of stuff, but it, it actually is of real importance in some cases. So I did want to mention that real quick. But in terms of legislation... Wait, 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 wait. So, so let, me, let, me, let me ask you this question so maybe we can shed some light. Even though this sure. is, as you were mentioning, kind of lawyer techy stuff, why do you find it important? How is it going to help you help your clients? Well, here's, here's, the, here's what it does. Um, Say, for example, that tomorrow the VA decides to change in the manual the procedures for handling PTSD cases. And let's say that they put in a provision that doesn't seem very fair. What you used to have to do is you couldn't challenge that um, change in the courts. What you had to do was to wait and have a case, process that case all the way through the initial application stage, the appeal to the Board of Veterans' Appeals, and then appeal it to the court. 
And then only when you got up to the court, which is typically, you know, three, four, five years from the time you start, that's when you could challenge it. And then if you were successful in that challenge, the case would go back basically and start over under the uh, provision as it had been ordered to be revised or or, uh, not applied by the court. So um, even even though this is a... uh, you know, a, a, a really technical issue. It's a big deal in the sense that it will save lots of people a number of years in the processing of certain kinds of cases. And I, I, you know, these these kinds of technical victories I, I know are really um, typically only of interest to lawyers, but it, it does have some significant real-world ramifications. And so my, I, I just wanted to uh, put it out there. No, absolutely, absolutely. And, and the reason I wanted to uh, go a little bit deeper is because if a lawyer is getting excited about something, again, technical, there's a reason for that, right? It's either going to save time, save money. It's going to make things a little bit simpler. And and even though, as you pointed out, it's a little geeky or a little techy, uh, you know, you're getting excited for a reason. And I just kind of wanted to explore that. And it, bottom line is, it helps. It helps us all out. It helps the veterans out. It helps things go a little bit faster, which is important. It, it really does, Bert. And, and typically what has happened in the past is uh, you could only challenge those things that were put into formal regulations um, in, in this kind of way, sort of preemptively. But uh, because the, of the way the VA applies this uh, manual, the, M, the M1 manual, um, to all their processing of, of literally hundreds of thousands of cases, it's it's a big deal to be able to preemptively attack a, a section of the manual that that seems unfair or or uh, incorrect. So as as, a, as we were just talking about it, it potentially could save lots of veterans lots of time in their cases. That's why I got excited about it. Sure, absolutely. Okay. So anyway, you were saying we also have some new legislation that you're excited about. Yeah, yeah, a um, couple of things. Um, the big, the 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 one uh, new new piece of legislation that uh, that has been included in the uh, in the bill that's actually going to the president's desk um, is uh, a piece of legislation that's that's very interesting. Um, what they've done. It's it's um, it's this network legislation, and it's it's named after a, uh, a a sergeant who sadly committed suicide after returning from um, several tours in the in Afghanistan. But uh, what it what it does is it requires the VA to allow veterans to designate up to ten people who can have access to their information about VA benefits and um, and their you know application for benefits and benefits they're potentially eligible for and so on and the the reason this is important is that many veterans get caught up in this situation where they come back particularly from combat tours and they isolate themselves and they they're not able to bring themselves to take advantage of programs that are available uh, to them and they're eligible for 
for example, you and I talked, I think, uh, the last time or perhaps the time before about some legislation that had expanded the availability of uh, suicide prevention programs to a, a lot of groups in the community that were doing suicide prevention but not specifically for veterans. So the point here is to create a network of people that um, can be uh, supportive of the veteran, have access to information about benefits that are eligible for them, and help those those veterans to get themselves into the system, to get the support that's available. Um, and it's it's a it's a it's sort of a unique uh, unique project. It's a it's a pilot project, but I think it's going to prove to be um, to be significant. As as you know. Um, Human beings are, are not, by nature, solitary folk. And when people isolate themselves and cut themselves off from contact with others, that's when bad things happen, tend, to, tend to happen. So the, the idea here is, here is to kind of build a support system for returning vets to make sure that they're aware of um, things that could help them and that they have folks kind of supporting them and helping them to move toward getting those things that could help them. Um, and so I'm I'm uh, I'm very hopeful that this is going to be a an important uh, piece of legislation. You know, you you never know till they till they try these things. But it's a it's a new approach and, and one that I think uh, has potential. Yes, absolutely. I think it's a step in the right direction. You know, it, and you and I uh, had the pleasure a while back to go shooting with Randy Couture, who's a veteran, army uh, retired army sergeant, I believe. And that's one of the things that he brought about that, you know, especially for the guys, but it, it, it's, it's not just the guys, uh, the women do it as well, that you go through this training and, and, and you're kind of set up to fail uh, uh, by not taking care of these benefits or by not taking advantage of these benefits that you've earned because there's that soldier mindset that I'm going to, uh, power through it. I'm going to um, do it on my own. And the reality is, as you pointed out, we are social creatures. We need help. We need community. And you're not being weak. You're not being less than a, less of a soldier because you reach out and and you take advantage of these benefits. Uh, and so I wanted to point that out there. That again, if you're a veteran or you know of a veteran and maybe they've isolated themselves, that's a sign that they need help, and, and there's nothing wrong with asking for help. We all need help. Amen to that, Bert. And I I, uh, I am very hopeful that uh, uh, Randy has uh, recovered from his heart problems and is continuing to do the kind of good work that he's he's been doing, raising funds for uh, for veterans in need. Yes, absolutely. And and I can I can tell you, I talked to him a couple times. He has bounced right back, and. Uh, uh, he is, uh, yeah, back at it again. All right, so, you know, we have a new administration coming in next month. Uh, do you expect that, uh, to, that this new administration will have an impact on our veterans? Any thoughts on this? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so, Bert. Um, as you know, the, uh, the Trump administration uh, uh, talked a lot about uh, – uh, how wonderful they were going to be for veterans. But uh, uh, unfortunately, the, there wasn't 
always much follow through. So what we've got in what? a situation. Where... <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A politician saying something and then not following through? I just don't believe that. <laughs> yeah. Well, what can I tell you? Yeah, yeah. But I'm the, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. The, no, the, the good news is Biden has tapped a guy by the name of Dennis McDonough. Um, I don't know if you, you recognize that uh, that name. He was kind of an under-the-radar guy, but he was Obama's White House chief of staff, and and uh, they've tapped him to be secretary of defense. Um, and it's, uh, it's an interesting choice because um, McDonough is, is the guy who was credited with uh, – getting uh, a lot of things done, including uh, being in charge of uh, the, uh, uh, he was the deputy national security advisor um, running the uh, the program that uh, led to the Navy SEAL raid that killed uh, Osama bin Laden. And he's had a lot of uh, experience working with Congress. And one of the big things that, uh, he helped make happen was the the Veterans Choice Act during Obama's second term. Uh, McDonough was the was the point person on that and, and got it passed through, uh, as you know, a Congress that wasn't necessarily particularly friendly to Obama at that time. And so it's um, it's a, it's an interesting choice. He's not a veteran, and so that's already prompted some reaction from some veterans groups who feel it should always be a vet in that slot. But um, this is the guy that that is interested in vets is his wife co-founded the, uh, the nonprofit group vets community Con- connections, which uh, is, is a sort of a, uh, like, you know, it's, it's a different kind of approach to networking, but it's, it's a networking kind of approach for veterans. But um, I'm, I'm very hopeful that uh, the McDonough's appointment uh, will signal that Obama is serious about having somebody who, understands how to make things happen in a tough uh, legislative setting where there's a lot of a uh, lot of division and rancor um, so I'm I'm, uh, I'm very hopeful that that will be an improvement as if you've been following the news you may have noticed that there have been calls from several of the veterans organizations for uh, the current secretary Wilkie to resign over his uh, handling of some um, uh, issues at the at the VA and in particular, not uh, these weren't the reasons they're asking for his resignation. But one of the things that has been particularly disappointing in the current administration is that the VA has held up and delayed and just plain obfuscated on adding uh, some new conditions to the Agent Orange uh, presumptive list. Uh, that the medicine now supports, including connection to Agent Orange for uh, bladder cancer, hypothyroidism, and Parkinson's-type syndrome uh, sim- symptoms. And, you know, uh, Wilkie's had this on his desk practically since he came into office and, and has just refused to do anything with it. So I am I am very hopeful that uh, McDonough will, uh, will lead to a, a different approach and I think there's some support for that in Congress. Um, the uh, House Republicans uh, have picked a uh, guy named Mike Bates from Illinois uh, to be the uh, ranking member on the 
Republican side in the House um, in on the Committee for Veterans Affairs. And this is a guy who served in the Marines. Um, and uh, <laughs> it was it was uh, interesting to see some of his uh, his comments in the press. He he said that uh, he had some firsthand experience with the VA. He'd been turned down by them three times. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I thought that was an interesting approach, but uh, one of the things. <laughs> but you know what? I, I tell you what's good about that is that he has that experience because Wilkie doesn't. Exactly. And one of the things that uh, that Boast was talking about as a priority um, is something that we've talked about, which is um, burn pits and other toxic exposures as a as a priority issue. And he was saying that he thinks that's this generation's Agent Orange equivalent. You know, that's a that's a real uh, important uh, aspect of uh, of what the VA needs to be looking at and working on. And I'm very hopeful that that's going to going to uh, uh, make some headway because there's more uh, information on the uh, the base that we talked about in. Uh, Karshi Kanabad, I never say that right, in Uzbekistan, where we had a lot of troops uh, stationed for a while. And a uh, lot of folks there have, uh, a lot of folks who were stationed there have, have developed cancers and other things, as we talked about in an earlier show. And so uh, I'm, I'm very hopeful that this uh, uh, whole issue of toxic exposure is going to be one that gets some true um, bipartisan support in the, in the new Congress, and uh, we'll actually be able to to uh, move forward because it's a it's a real tough issue for uh, for those folks, and a lot of a lot of people are real sick from that, or for Absolutely. what appears to be. For- yeah, yeah, and 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 here's here's what here's what Dennis McDonough has on his Twitter. And by the way, he spells Dennis, for you guys who are looking him up, he spells Dennis with one N, D-E-N-I-S. President-elect, President-elect's marching orders to me were clear. Fight like hell for our veterans. And so I'm excited uh, for that. And he says, I will honor that order. We're going to fight like hell to give our veterans and their families the health care, respect, and dignity that they deserve. So I'm excited. You know, at least he's... he's uh, He's making a big statement there, so hopefully he'll he'll own it, and and hopefully the administration will support him in making that a reality. You know, I I think so, Bert. I I don't think Biden would have tapped a guy with this kind of experience if he wasn't serious about it. So I, I'm yeah. I'm really hopeful that that uh, this is a sign that he's really intends to push veterans' issues on a bipartisan basis. Um, and this is this is probably the guy to make that happen. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and you know, I, I also agree with one of the comments that you made. I, I think a veteran should be in charge of this of, of the VA. Uh, but if you're not going to have a, a a veteran, I think this guy seems like he's got a good background for it because of the work he's done in the past and the, and the work that his wife is doing. So I think that they've tapped the right guy. So we'll see. We have, uh, we'll, you know, we'll just watch. That's all you can do, but I, I'm hopeful that it will come to fruition. Me too. All and right, so, so go, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Bert. I, I, didn't mean to I was going to say, 
so with all these developments, where does uh, that leave veterans who are seeking compensation for disabilities? Well, uh, unfortunately, there's not really any any short-term magical change. Um, as you know, the, the VA is a, a huge, huge bureaucracy, and it, it has been a real challenge for several administrations in a row now to try to get that all working well. Um, so I think the short answer is that it's going to be a little while before we see much, uh, much change, and I'm afraid that... Um, a lot of folks with uh, recent service and, and with problems from things like burn pits um, are still going to need a lot of help. But I, I am hopeful that as we move forward, things are going to improve and that it's going to become faster and easier for veterans to get the benefits that, uh, that they need. Certainly, uh, we're dedicated to trying to help them move in that direction as fast as possible. Absolutely, absolutely. And and for you guys who are listening, uh, and, and I always say this, uh, and, and and the reason I say this is because today's show kind of points that out, is that a lot of our families are suffering in silence. Uh, our veterans sometimes force it, uh, f- force the silence upon themselves and their families. So if you know of somebody that might possibly someday down the future need some help, you know, Give them veterinsbenefits.com. It's a fairly simple website to remember, veteransbenefits.com. Give them that website and just tell them, look, you may never need it. You could just text it to them and say you may never need it, but here's a resource I found. It's free. Go there. And, and if they have questions, they can contact Francis and his team for free and get some advice, get, some, uh, get pointed in the right direction. Uh, and, and Francis and his team, as you guys can tell, he's very, very passionate, very dedicated to helping out our veterans. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, these cases, uh, you know, can take a long time, and you do them on a contingency basis. In other words, there's no cost up front for a veteran to get started with you. Is that correct? That's correct, Bert. We don't, we don't charge anybody up front. Yeah. So, uh, again, it, it, you know, it's, it's not going to be a financial question. Uh, the, you know, the worst case scenario, the, the veteran um, may have to wait a few, a little while, as sometimes these cases take a long time. And, and but uh, again, it's a contingency basis. So if Francis and his team does not prevail, then it costs them nothing. And I can tell you that some of these cases take uh, not only a long time, but they can get involved and they have to get uh, medical experts and all this other stuff. So it, uh, so Francis and his team are very dedicated to, to winning these cases and, and helping out our veterans. And uh, Francis, for that, again, I want to thank you, and I salute you for that, because I know that uh, from just talking to you, some of these cases are very, very intricate and very involved and heartbreaking. And I'm grateful for the people there at VeteransBenefits.com that take these veterans kind of under your wing and, 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 and hold their hand through this process. So thank you so much for doing that. Oh, it's our pleasure, Bert. And always good to have you on the show. I look forward to catching up with you in January after the holidays and then uh, kind of go from there. Sounds good. And happy holidays to you as well. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Good stuff there from attorney Francis Jackson. Uh, just a, a wonderful individual. I've had the pleasure of uh, traveling with him and uh, and he's uh, him and his daughter are just wonderful people. Everybody I've met there at 
veteransbenefits.com are just just wonderful people and they sincerely care. And uh, let me tell you, our veterans need the help. And again, if you know somebody that might be a veteran or is a veteran and just give them the resource, veteransbenefits.com. They may never use it. Maybe that would be great. If they never need it, they're healthy and they're well-adjusted and life is going on and they never need it, great. But in the case that they do, this is a place to go, veteransbenefits.com. Share this with everyone you know. Have some wonderful holidays. Enjoy your family. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year's. Happy Holidays. As always, my friends, let's share this episode. And remember, most importantly, that uh, you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.